0: Welcome to Slate Church. We are so glad that you're tuning in today and pray that wherever you are, this message will bless you. If this impacts you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send an email to slatechurch.com. Awesome, awesome. Hey, why don't you go ahead, grab your seat. As you do, turn to your neighbor, tell them happy Thanksgiving. Let them know you're happy to sit beside them today. Hey, what an awesome day it is to be in church. What a great atmosphere of faith it is in here. You know what, I am really excited to be able to preach to you tonight. I'm really excited for this word that God has placed on my heart and really believe that he's going to do something incredible in this room. And, you know, I can tell you right now that anybody who is in church over the dinner hour on Thanksgiving Sunday is definitely the most holy and righteous person that attends Slate Church. I just got to put that out there just to let you know. But hey, we're excited for today. Thanksgiving is an awesome time of the year. And again, what better place to be than in God's house on Thanksgiving, giving thanks to him. It's a pretty incredible thing that we get to do this. And, um, Listen, I I, I am excited to preach to you tonight. And I don't know, uh, maybe you've had Thanksgiving dinner already. Maybe you're going to have Thanksgiving dinner after this. Maybe you're going to have Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, I I don't know what it is. I don't know what's happening. But I can tell you this. We're going to have Thanksgiving in this place right now, right here, where we actually get to give thanks to God. And so I'm excited again to preach to you. And I'm really believing that God is going to move in a powerful, powerful way this evening. And I just want to encourage us. Let's lean in to all that God has. You know, that's something that I say every single week, right, before I preach. It's like, let's lean in to what God has. But I think it's something that we need to be reminded of constantly because I think as humans, our default sometimes is we default to being passive, And I think that we actually need to have active faith, not passive faith, but we need to have active faith in this room. And so tonight, let's have some active faith as we lean in and as we expect God to move in our lives, as we get ready for what he wants to say to us. Because I believe that he's got a word on my heart that, uh, honestly, I I don't want to just communicate my words to you, but I really want to communicate God's word to us as a church tonight. And listen, my words maybe could encourage you for an evening. But God's Word can change your life forever. And so we're going to be looking at excuse me—at God's Word tonight, and we're going to see what God has for us in this place. Does that sound good? Is that all right? Amazing. Okay, let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to open our Bibles. We're going to be reading from the book of Colossians, and we're going to be reading from Colossians 2, verse 6 to 7. So you can turn there with me. And you know, at Slate Church, we really believe that the Bible is God's Word. And we love reading the Bible. We believe that it's living and active, and we believe that it's totally relevant to our lives today. And so Colossians 2, verse 6 to 7, it says this. It says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I love that, overflowing with thankfulness. I think that it's important to talk about thankfulness today on Thanksgiving Sunday. And uh, the title for my message tonight, you can write this down. The title is Thanks Feeling, Thanksgiving, and Thanks Living. All right, go ahead, write that down. Thanks Feeling, Thanksgiving, and Thanks Living. We're going to pray, and we're going to get into all that this means for us tonight. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We just pray that you would be glorified tonight in this church service. We pray, Jesus, that you would speak to us. We pray that we would leave this place differently than how we came in after having had an encounter with you and your presence. We love you and we thank you. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You know, as Christ followers, one of the most important things that we can do in our lives is to be thankful. To be thankful in the big things in our lives, but also to be thankful for the little things in our lives. We need to live lives where we prioritize thankfulness. You know, time and time again, the Bible encourages us to be thankful, to live lives that are filled with gratitude. Psalm 69, verse 30 says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. You know, one of the greatest ways that we can glorify God is by giving him thanks is by giving him thanksgiving. It's something that is so simple. It's something that we often forget about, isn't it? We often forget about giving thanks to God because we're like, it can't possibly just be that simple, right? It can't be so simple to bring glory to God. But the Bible tells us that we can glorify him with thanksgiving. And this is what we need to do. We need to give God glory in our lives by giving him thanks in all things, in all situations, in all circumstances, in all seasons. I mean, just take a look at your life and think. Think of the many, many ways that God has blessed you. If you really thought about it, There's so many ways that God has blessed you today. How he's taken you through things that you didn't know that you would be able to get through. The fact that we can sit in this room tonight and and have church with a roof over our heads. It is a blessing. And and there's so many things, so many moments in our lives where God has blessed us in incredible ways. And we need to see how God has redeemed our past and prepared a great future for us. And, And see that he is with us and we need to praise him for it. We need to give him thanks for it. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, God is really saying that the first thing I want you to do when you come before me is give me thanks. Give me praise. You know, before you bring me your requests and before you bring me your concerns and your problems, come before me with thanksgiving and see how many of those things just tend to work themselves out on their own. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, says rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you is that you would give him thanks in all circumstances. You know, we wonder all the time what God's will is for our lives, don't we? We sit and we think, okay, hey, what is God's will for my life? What does God actually want for me? And right here, we, we see exactly what that is. We said, what does God want me to do? Well, here, here's part of it, all right? Get ready to write this down. You're never gonna guess what I'm about to say. Give him thanks in all circumstances. Why not start there? want to start by giving him thanks and then perhaps uh, God will continue to reveal to you what the rest of his purpose for your life is. He'll open the door to that job, he'll open the door to that relationship, he'll open whatever it is that you need. Colossians 3:17 it says, "Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him." Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus and give him thanks. Give him thanks. Listen, maybe, though, you're here and you're going through something right now, and, you know, the last thing that you want to do is give God thanks. Maybe you're dealing with sickness. Maybe you're dealing with setback or heartbreak or heartache or whatever. I don't know. And it just feels like the last thing that you want to do is give God thanks. You feel like it's pointless and you feel like there's no way that that's going to make any difference in your life. But I just want to remind you that Psalm 22 verse 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And listen, you want God to show up in your situation, in your circumstance, maybe start to lift up his name and praise him for who he is and what he's done and watch as he begins to inhabit the praises that you lift up to Him, and He begins to enter those situations that you're going through in your lives. You know, we need to live lives that thank God every single day and every step of the way. And I think Thanksgiving is a really good time to remind ourselves of that fact. And the question, though, is how do we actually do that, right? (laughs) How do we actually live lives that bring thanks to God and give God thanks? And that's what I want to unpack in this message a little bit. We're going to find that out. You know, every now and then, in life uh, almost as a rite of passage uh we go through moments and listen it could be a a birthday it could be a christmas it could be for wedding i don't know what it is but we go through a time where we inevitably receive a gift and it's not a gift that we have asked for. It's not a gift that we would have wished to receive. But we have received this gift from somebody. And although we're thankful and we have gratitude for the act of the gift being given to us, we receive the gift and we're like, what in the world did this person just give me? Okay? Have you ever received a gift that was just a crazy gift, a terrible gift, a gift that you didn't like? Cool. A few honest people and then the rest of you are liars in this place. It's amazing. Uh, it, we, we, we all kind of get that, right? And l- listen, whether it's kind of the stereotypical grandma gives you socks and like a knitted sweater for Christmas or something, whatever it is. We all do the same thing, which is through like gritted teeth and a fake smile. We're all like, wow, thank you. This is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted, <laughs> right? And we all, we all kind of do that, you know? And we kind of just say uh, thanks. Well, we may not actually feel very thankful. I'll never forget um, when my wife Victoria and I were living in Sweden, we went to her cousin's high school graduation party. And High school graduation in Sweden is a way different deal than it is here, right? Uh, In high school for graduation, um, all the students run out of their school as fast as they can. They get on these big floats and they have a parade around the city where every class is like bumping EDM music from their float and they're jumping up and down and having an awesome time. And the whole city comes out to watch these students drive around and all the guys are wearing suits and all the girls are wearing white dresses and everybody is wearing a little sailor's cap, okay? It's a, it's a vibe out there, okay? It's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life, honestly. And, um, (laughs) And so after the parade happens and everybody's having fun with that, uh, we go back to uh, one another's houses and family comes over, and everybody's there to celebrate the graduating student. It's a nice time. Friends, family come. And inevitably, there's a giving of gifts. And generally, the giving of the gifts is you would give a gift to the student to help them in their next stage in life, right? So perhaps that would be, you know, like a gift card to Ikea, right? Very Swedish, I know, but it's like a top seller, okay? Or maybe you give them some silverware, or you give them some dishes, something to help them as they move out of home, and as they go away to university, and to live in an apartment of their own. This is the kind of gift that is given. Well, I remember for Victoria's cousin, this, um, you know, 18-year-old girl. uh, I'll never forget what Victoria's grandpa, her grandpa as well, gave to her as a graduating gift. Now, Victoria's grandfather is uh, really a larger-than-life individual. He's an incredible man. Uh, His name is Bo Anders, and uh, he's just an incredible guy. He's the dad of PJ, uh, who, Victoria's dad, who's come here and has spoken to us before, and uh, he's just an incredible guy, and I'll never forget that he gave this young 18-year-old girl, Melinda, for graduating uh, a gift that she was like, I did not ask for this, I did not want this, and I'm never going to use this. He gave her a fishing license, okay? <laughs> Uh, valid for one year to fish in the river that flowed through town, okay? This was the gift that he had given to this young 18-year-old girl. And I will never forget the look on her face of, like, what is this, okay? Like, how am I ever going to use this? Listen, I know there's probably some of you, you're like, that is a sweet gift, right? Like, that's amazing. For her, she had no clue what in the world she was going to do with it. Now, it turned out that the sentiment was very sweet, and uh, Victoria's grandfather gave it to her because apparently they used to fish at their summer house when she was very little or something. So there was a thought behind it. I guess she didn't remember that. And either way, I think she would have much preferred perhaps some dinnerware uh, to, to eat off of. I don't know. But I just remember the look in her face as she said, thank Thank you, but she was so completely confused as to what the gift might be. Another example of this happening actually comes from the life of Victoria herself. Uh, Victoria tells me this story that when she turned 16 years old, her dad gave her a pretty interesting gift. Now, of course, her dad is the son of the fishing license giver, and so I guess it's a family trait. I don't know. But Victoria turns 16 years old, and her dad gives her uh, a DVD of an Eric Clapton live concert, okay, for her birthday as a 16-year-old girl. And to this day Victoria understands that that was more of a gift for PJ than it was for her uh, I don't know and uh well, you know the truth is though uh I'll never forget talking to Victoria when we were dating and I was very impressed that she knew who Eric Clapton was and we talked about guitar a lot so I think that behind the scenes PJ was actually giving to Victoria the gift of me okay I do have to say that and not only that but I think that he was also giving me the gift of a wife who knows all the lyrics to the song Layla and we can rock out to that all the time so, So uh, I think maybe he was doing something behind the scenes. I don't know. But we always get these kinds of gifts in life, uh, at least every now and then, and we have to just kind of fake it, right? And we just say, oh, thank you, I guess. And we do our best to put on a smiling face, uh, but we're like, where's the gift receipt? I can't wait to take this thing back and exchange it for something that I actually want. But, you know, I think that this is a practice that, as Jesus followers, we succumb to all the time. And we end up actually thanking God out of obligation or we thank him because apparently that's something that we're supposed to do and we're trying to be polite. But in our hearts, we're either not sure of what we're actually thanking him for or we're reluctant to thank him because perhaps he isn't giving us exactly what we want when we want it. And see, there's a difference between uh, thank saying and thanks feeling. There's a big difference between those two things. We can make ourselves thanksayers quite easily. We can fake it. We've all done this when we receive a gift that we don't like, and we just say, oh, this is great. Thank you so much. This is amazing. We get that kind of high-pitched thank you voice, right? Oh, wow. And the truth is that, you know, although we are saying it, we don't actually feel it in our hearts. But I want to encourage us as a church tonight. Let's not be thanksayers when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, in fact, Jesus warns against this type of thing in Matthew 15, verse 8 to 9. It says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. You know, thanks saying without thanks feeling is empty. Let's not be people who honor God with our lips, who thank God with our mouths, but meanwhile our hearts are actually far from him. And genuine thankfulness is an act of the heart's affection. It's not an act of the lips muscles genuine thankfulness is awoken within us it's not a decision of the will but it's a reflex of the heart when we become aware of God's goodwill toward us of his love and his power the fact that he has a future for us we are either filled with thankfulness and gratitude to overflowing or we're not it's one of the two and and if the response of our lips is just a mere maybe logical com- conclusion or an obligation, it's, it's not real heart thankfulness. It's thanks saying, but it's not thanks feeling. You know, I've preached before about thankfulness out of the book of Deuteronomy where Moses was speaking to the Israelites, really giving this incredible sermon to them before they entered the promised land. And the Israelites were ready to step into the promise that God had for them. You know, they had been led out of slavery in Egypt, and they uh, had disobeyed God. And so they had to wander around in the desert for 40 years before they could enter the promised land that God had prepared for them. And now here they are, ready to go into the promised land. And Moses gets up, and he delivers this incredible sermon to all the people there that is the book of Deuteronomy. And he gives them this incredible encouragement, but he also gives them this amazing challenge. And I want to read it to us as a church and allow it to be a challenge to us as well. We read in Deuteronomy 8, starting at verse 6. Moses says observe the commands of the Lord your God walking in obedience to him and revering him for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valley and hills a land with wheat and barley vines and fig trees pomegranates olive oil and honey a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the land he has given you. And listen to this. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied... Then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. Moses is saying, all right, listen up. Here's the deal. You're going to a better place. You're going into the promised land, and the best is yet to come. You know, this is a statement that we love to say in church, and it is a true statement, and it is a statement that as a church we will stand on that the best is yet to come. But Moses is also saying, don't forget that as humans, It's really easy to enter the promise and forget about the provider. This can happen all the time to us. So often we enter into the blessings that God gives to us. And then perhaps with a hurried and less than heartfelt thanks saying, we say thank you God on our way into the promise. And we just move past him. And then give it some time and all of a sudden we forget that we even prayed and asked God for that promise at all. And all of a sudden we forget that God was even the one who gave us that blessing at all. And all of a sudden, we start to think that we actually did it according to our own strength. And all of a sudden, life's good. And instead of thinking of God uh, and thinking of ways that we can actually thank God for what he has done, all that we're concerned about is thinking of how we can funnel thanks towards ourselves and direct the attention and the praise to ourselves for how good we appear to be. But this is no way for us to live, church. We don't just want to pay lip service to God. Instead, we need to get a revelation of who he is and all that he has truly done for us. We need to look around and we need to realize how blessed we are, how truly blessed we are in life. The fact that, you know, most of us here have a place to go home and sleep tonight. That most of us here have a car to drive home. That most of us this Thanksgiving are going to have food on a plate and friends and family to spend this Thanksgiving with. We are so blessed. But the blessing goes far beyond just these material things as well because we have been forgiven and we have been set free from the grip of sin over our lives and because Jesus died on the cross and he rose again to make a way for us where there was no way and now eternal life can be ours and we can live here and now in the freedom of the kingdom of God living with purpose and hope and power and joy that supersedes whatever set of circumstances surround our physical being because our spiritual being is rooted and built up in Christ and so we overflow with thanksgiving to him not just thanks saying but it's about thanks feeling. You know, suddenly we're, we're not just thanks saying, but we're thanks feeling. We have a feeling inside of us uh, of thankfulness when we recognize who God is, when we, when we understand his grace, when we understand his forgiveness and the freedom that comes from that. But thanks feeling always overflows into thanksgiving. It doesn't just stay as a feeling, but it actually overflows into becoming an action. You know, feelings are pretty funny things, aren't they? I, I, I know that Uh, One thing about powerful feelings is that powerful feelings always make themselves known. Okay? Always. Has anybody here ever been in love before? Cool. A couple married people. Praise God. Anybody in love right now? All you people should have your hands up. that just had them up. Uh, Anybody want to fall in love with someone tonight? This could be your night. Just saying. Just saying. Love is a powerful feeling, and love wants to make itself known. I'll never forget when Victoria and I were just dating, uh, there came a point we were falling in love. I was falling head over heels in love with Victoria. And I'll never forget, it was like, I can't contain it anymore. I can't bottle it up. I need to let her know that I love her. And so I took her on a date. And uh, guys, this is where you're going to want to write this down and take some notes, okay? Just letting you know. I took her on a date, and we went out and we watched a movie at an outdoor theater under the stars at Bondi Beach in Sydney, Australia. Okay. Now listen, we were living there at the time. I didn't fly her out there or anything. Okay. So cross that out of your notes. It's okay. We were living there. I took her there and I'll never forget after the movie, we went on a walk and we found a bench and we sat down and I'll never forget. I was just bursting. I had to tell her. And so I turned and I looked at Victoria and I looked her right in the eye and I told her, I love you. And thank God, she said back to me, I love you too. And the rest is history. And here we are all this time later. But I'll never forget that powerful feeling of I have to make this known. I have to give this to her. I have to let her know how I actually feel. And it needs to be the same way with us when it comes to our relationship to Jesus. We can't just stop at thanks feeling and say that that's enough. But we have to turn our thanks feeling into thanks giving. And as we do, it glorifies God. Because when we have this powerful feeling of thanks within us and we get it out, we give our thanks to him. Psalm 50, 23 says, the one who offers thanksgiving as their sacrifice glorifies me. You know, as we give of ourselves to God out of thanks, as we give of our time, as we give him our praise, as we give our attitude, as we give our plans, as we give him our expectations, God is made glorious in our lives. You know, the sequence, it really goes like this. God's grace, his freedom, his purpose, his plan, his love for us, is experienced by us as wonderful and as undeserved. And then heartfelt thanks feeling rises within us in the heart. And then this true thanks feeling overflows into thanksgiving. And then God is shown to be glorious and he is glorified in our lives. And listen, please please hear me correctly because thanksgiving is really not just about extroversion, right? Thanksgiving is not just about how loud you can say thank you. Again, so like somebody could scream thank you as loud as they possibly could, as loud as they want. But if it's not born out of true thanks feeling in the heart, then it's just said in vain. Whereas a quiet voice that says and gives thanks to God from a place of deep conviction of knowing who he is, I mean, that can absolutely move mountains. And all of us must understand that when we get an internal revelation of what God has done for us, that it manifests itself in an external action. If God has truly captured our hearts, and we know that out of the heart the mouth speaks, then you're going to talk about it. You're going to declare it with your words that Jesus is king, that he is good, that he is Lord of your life. You know, if we really understood as a church what God has done for us, if we really understood how he protects us, how he transforms us, uh, then listen, if we can get excited about a football game that's going to be on TV today, if we can get excited about a new pair of shoes, if we can get excited about a sale at the mall, then surely we've got to be able to get excited and lift up some thankful praise to God for his salvation and his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his sustenance that is at work in our lives. Thanksgiving makes itself known to the world. It wells up in our hearts and it overflows into what we do and who we are. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 8 to 9. It says, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Let others know about it. Make known among the nations. I love that. Let the people you work with, the people you study with, the people you come into contact with, know that you are thankful. And when people ask you how you can be so thankful, you get to tell them that it's because of who Jesus is and what he has done and how he has captured your heart. Give thanks to God. It's so important. You know, one of the ways we can give thanks to him is by singing to him. Did you know that? Colossians 3.16 says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. You know, we sing in church not to have some sort of uh, concert, not to have some sort of Christian karaoke, not to have some sort of uh, sing-along or kumbaya or anything like that. But the reason that we sing is to give thanks to God for who he is and for what he has done in our lives. Psalm 28 verse 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. I love this because if our heart is truly leaping for joy and we are praising him in song, then that is going to show by the way that we sing and by the way that we praise him and our demeanor and our faces. You know, if my heart is singing and leaping for joy, that will evidence itself by the way that I look when I sing and when I praise him. And I think so often that as Christians, we need to remind our face that there is the joy of the Lord in our hearts. We need to make sure that this is outworking itself. You know, when I was at Bible college, I'll never forget, I lived with a guy from Switzerland, and his name was Daniel Darcy. And he was just an incredible guy, this French-speaking Swiss guy, and uh, just an an amazing guy. We're still friends to this day. He's a pastor in Geneva right now, actually. And uh, I'll never forget that Daniel brought his acoustic guitar to college, uh, but he wasn't, you know, in the worship stream or anything like that, but he brought this guitar. And every single night, Daniel Darcy would sit up in his bedroom and he would sing worship songs at the top of his lungs, okay? I mean the top of his lungs, and he would play and he would sing worship songs, and they were all in French, so he would sing these French worship songs at the top of his lungs. The only problem was that Daniel Darcy could not sing a lick, okay? I'm telling you right now, this guy had the worst voice. he couldn't carry a melody, he couldn't sing a note, he couldn't do any of this stuff. but this did not stop Daniel from singing. You can ask Victoria, we would come and there would be people hanging out and we'd be watching a movie, and all of a sudden Daniel would start up, you know. Lord Lord, I lift your name on high in French at the top of his lungs, and we're like, what is going on? But Daniel Darcy sang at the top of his lungs because he had a revelation of who Jesus was in his life, and he couldn't help but give thanks to God by singing to him and give thanks to God through song. I think it's an incredible, incredible thing. He wasn't doing it for the attention of others, although he got it. He wasn't doing it because he was singing to a, a crowd of people. He was leading himself into worship, and he was thanking God for who he was in his life life not according to his ability uh, of which there was none but according to who God was in his life and what a powerful thing that is I think it's a lesson that we can all understand that when we come into church and we're singing praise to God and we're thanking God that we can just lose the self-conscious whatever that kind of tries to rule us and we can just sing and we can praise God and if the person standing in front of us doesn't like the sound of our voice they can go find a new place to sit but I think that we just got to do it we got to open our mouths and praise God it's an incredible way to give him thanks in our lives. Let's live in such a way that our hearts leap for joy and give him praise and thank him in song. Let's overflow with thanksgiving. Not only that, but let's, let's put the give back into thanksgiving. I think that when we live lives of thanksgiving, then we actually give thanks, but we also give to others out of what God has placed in our hands, and as we give to others and we bless other people, as we give uh, with, with um, our money, as we give with our time, as we give of our words and our encouragement, as we give of our faith, uh, that as we give from what God has placed in our hands, that it impacts the lives of other people, and God is glorified in that act. And the people who receive that blessing, that perhaps God wants to use us to bless somebody so that that person can receive the blessing and give God thanks for that situation, uh, I think it's an incredible thing. 2 Corinthians 9.12 says, so two good things happen as a result of your gifts. Those in need are helped, and they overflow with thanks to God. What an amazing thing that is, that as we are able to give out of our abundance, and we are able to give out of what God has given to us, that others are helped, but they also overflow with thanks to God. You know, about a month or so ago, Victoria and I, we were out for dinner in Uptown Waterloo. We went out, and as usual, my eyes were bigger than uh, my stomach, and I ordered this big meal. I ordered this hamburger and a bunch of fries and stuff like that, and I only was able to eat half of it, and so as we were leaving, I got the waiter to pack it up in a to-go box, and we took it out, and uh, we were walking back to where we parked the car. We crossed the street, and there was a homeless man sitting there, and the homeless man said to us, hey, you know, could you guys spare anything, and I can remember like tapping my pockets and being like, man, I wish I could but I don't have any change on me. I'm sorry, I don't have any cash. I really wish that I could help. And, you know, we kept going. He said, well, what about that? And he pointed to the container of food that was in our hands. And all of a sudden, it's easy in hindsight to see this. But at the time, it felt like we didn't have anything that we could give this person that would actually make a difference in their life. Well, I don't have any cash. I don't have what they actually need. How can I make a difference? All that we had was this half-eaten hamburger and a bunch of cold french fries. But all of a sudden, it dawned on us, look what's in our hand. Look what we can actually give. And Victoria walked it over to him and gave it to him, and he opened it up, and he just let out, this is awesome! And he ate it, and he was so happy, and he was so blessed. And I think it's the same with us, and we need to understand that God is actually place things in our hands that we can give to others. And as we give and bless others out of what God has given to us, that God's name is going to be glorified and thanksgiving is going to be given unto his name. We need to do this in our lives. Whether you think you've got something to give or not, I guarantee that God has placed something in your hand that you can use to bless somebody else in your life today. A life of thanksgiving always finds opportunities to give. And as we continue to pursue thanksgiving in our lives it leads us to thanks living as on a daily basis we give thanks it leads us to thanks living in our lives and thanks living is the kind of life that's lived where no matter what we might be facing no matter what the circumstance no matter what it is we are thankful it's just something that flows out of who we are It's just a part of us. It defines us. It's when our lives reflect 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that says, give thanks in all circumstances. And I love this. And by the way, we don't give thanks to God because God is up in heaven and, you know, he needs our thanks. And he's insecure. And he's got a complex or any of these types of things. That's not the case. That's not the reason that we give thanks to God. That's not the reason we live lives overflowing with thanksgiving. But, But when we live thankful lives, it actually positions us in such a way to remember who's in control. It reminds us of who God is. It reminds us where we would be without him. It builds us and it transforms us and it builds us and it's spiritually, it makes a big difference in our lives and God wants us to be thankful not because he needs it because, but because he knows that we need it in our lives. And thanks living will sustain us. When we live thankful lives, we realign ourselves to that which God has done for us and we remember that he is our provider, that he is our redeemer, That he is our deliverer. And it's the opposite of living a life of bitterness. A life of bitterness will always remind us over and over again the times that we were offended. The times that we didn't measure up. The times that somebody did something to us that we didn't like. And we replay it over and over again for perhaps months or even years. But when we are thanks living, we can be thankful daily for who God is and what he's doing. And we can be thankful even for what he did years ago in our lives. What a great thing that is to rejoice daily for what God did 15 years ago in our lives you know it's funny sometimes we will pray for God to uh, provide a miracle for 15 years and when he does we're not going to praise him for 15 years we'll praise him for one moment and that's it but imagine we're thanks living and we're praising God continually for who He is and what he's done and what he's continuing to do in our lives Thanks living is a life that knows that we don't deserve this but God gives it freely to us anyways not because of what we've done but because of who He is and suddenly, the little daily entitlements of self-focused feelings can be set aside and they can be replaced by thanks for who God is and what he's done for us. Where we say, God, thank you. God, I get to attend a great church. Thank you. God, I get to serve at Slate Church. Thank you. Uh, God, I, I'm so thankful I get to enter into your presence with thanksgiving and, and praise for what you've done for me. And thanksgiving means that we don't try and focus the attention on ourselves. Uh, but instead... Even for the victories in our lives, the things that are awesome, the things that go well. Even when we do something really amazing, we're able to redirect the praise that we might get on this earth. And we get to point it towards God, knowing that we could not do or be who we are without him in the first place. And so our thanks living directs all praise in our lives back to God. You know, thanks living means that we live lives of faith. Ready to step out into what God is calling us to do. Because thanks living positions us in such a way that we know it's not by our power, but it's by his spirit that's living within us. And suddenly we become bold in our faith. And, and we don't sit on the sidelines of what God wants to do, but we actually contribute to what God wants to do. Thanks living. You know, there's a man that I recently heard about who's making a massive impact on the world in the name of Jesus. And he's a good example of, of thanks living and the kind of bold faith that thanks living produces. His name is Enoch Ataboye. And he is leading what can only be described as an insane, incredible movement of God in Lagos, Nigeria. It's, a, it's an unbelievable thing that's happening. He's leading a church movement. They're planting churches all over the place. They are seeing so many people come to Jesus. It's an incredible thing. Like, get this, okay? They have, uh, they have Monday evening prayer nights. And coming out to their Monday evening prayer, ni- prayer nights is more than one million people. Just think about that for a minute. A million people are coming out to pray and thank God and pursue him for who he is. This is an incredible move of God happening in Nigeria today as we speak. What an incredible thing. I love it. And this coming from a man who none of us probably follow on Instagram. We probably haven't read his book. We probably can't quote him. We probably can't do any of that kind of stuff. But he's living day after day with a bold faith, a faith that says God is good and living a life of thanks living. It's an incredible thing. You know, recently this church built a new auditorium, and uh, obviously they've been growing as a church. I mean, a million people is no small thing at a Monday evening prayer gathering, and so they needed a new auditorium. They needed a new place uh, to be able to seat the church, and so they, they recently built a new auditorium, and the inside of the auditorium alone is three square kilometers. All right, just let that sink in for a moment, okay? Three square kilometers is the size of the auditorium. It seats Millions of people, okay? Uh, Here's the craziest thing to me. If you're sitting at the back and you want to go down to the front for prayer, they actually run a bus shuttle service so that you can get yourself driven from the back down to the front to get prayed for. Let this sink in for just a moment. Is that not an absolutely incredible, incredible thing? And hey, who's to say that that can't happen right here? Who's to say that God can't do something like that right here and right now in Canada? Why can't this kind of move of God happen in Waterloo? Maybe you say, well, yeah, but that's Lagos, Nigeria. It's one of the fastest growing cities, fastest growing regions in the the entire world. Well, that's great. Waterloo region is one of the fastest growing regions in all of Canada. I don't know about you, but it would uh, seem to make sense to me that it should have some of the fastest growing churches in Canada as well. And I don't see any reason why God isn't able to do that here. And God isn't able to see any reason why he can't do that or shouldn't do that here. Of course, it's God's heart that there would be millions of people worshiping him. But I think if we're going to see that kind of thing happen, then we need to live lives that are thanks living. We need to be people who are overflowing with thankfulness in our lives. Overflowing with thankfulness as we go into our workplaces, as we go into our schools, as we go about our lives, as we go to our families, our friend groups, whatever. And that we would let people know through our words and our actions how thankful we are that Christ has set us free. Imagine the change that we could see if we lived like this. Not holding back because we're worried about what people might think about us because we're thankful as if people would say, ah, that person is so annoying. They are so thankful. I mean, does it not point to the sickness of the human condition that we can get put off by people who live overflowing with thankfulness and joy in their lives? I don't think there's anything inauthentic about thankfulness. I don't think there's anything inauthentic about being joy-filled people. I I I think it's when we authentically know that although the situation might be bad, although I might be going through this, I can still give God thanks because I know he's good in all things, whatever it may be. We need to be thanks-living people. Let's overflow with thankfulness. Let's be thanks-feeling, let's be thanksgiving, and let's be thanks-living people who make the name of Jesus famous every day. Let our confession be one that says, God, I am so thankful for who you are and for what you've done. God, thank you for your church. God, thank you for the ability to. God, thank you for the opportunity to. Every single thing. Worship team, why don't you guys come back up? We need to say this every day. We need to have a spirit that says thank you thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my children. Thank you for the car that I drive. Thank you for the house that I live in. Thank you for the water that comes out of the tap when I turn it on. Thank you for the people in my life who believe in me. Thank you for the air conditioning and the heating that is in this building so that we can have church and sit and be comfortable in here. Thank you for the clothes on my back. Thank you for the roof over my head, whatever it may be. Listen, church, I I think that we need to understand that the Bible says in Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if there's breath in in your lungs, then you need to live a life that praises God, that thanks him for who he is, a life of thanks living. And on this Thanksgiving 2019, we need to take a moment. We need to thank God for who he is. We need to thank him for his goodness in our lives. So, hey, why don't we stand to our feet? We're actually going to sing a song right now. And I don't know if on Thanksgiving you've actually taken a moment to thank God. Maybe you've just been going through the motions of Thanksgiving and you've been busy and you've been going from one thing to the next, and I I don't know what it might be. But I think that this is a moment right now, a powerful moment, actually, as powerful as you want it to be, where you can take an intentional time and you can just thank God for who He is. Thank you for watching. Again, if you were impacted by this message in any way, send an email to at slatechurch.com. You can also visit slatechurch.com and fill out one of our online connect cards. We would love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. As well, you can stay connected with us by following us at Slate Church on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.